0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the opening of The laundromat the podcast dedicated to compliance professionals. In each episode, we will welcome a different guest and discover his background, missions, craziest stories, and much more. Today, we receive Paul Bourdon, one of my dearest friends, but also a repentant expert fraudster who became, over the years, a reference in the fight against fraud. He's currently lead product at Hero a booming startup providing a B2B payment and financing solution for e-commerce merchants that just raised 8 million euros six months ago and already onboarded more than hundred merchants. Hello, Paul, and thank you for being the first guest of the Jomat. I hope you will enjoy the experience.
1: Hello, Baptiste. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me uh, to your podcast. I'm really happy to share with you guys my experience. It is my pleasure, really. I'm sure that
0: your expertise in fraud will interest many people. So, to begin, can you tell us a bit more on your current company and
1: your missions there? Well, here is a B2B payment and financing solution for French SMEs. So basically, we provide a buy and pay later service for the website. It lets the customer pay by installment or pay later. Uh, the orders while the merchant is paid uh, for the full amount of the transaction, and is granted uh, of that money. Uh, so obviously we take the risks and uh, we try to prevent uh, the fraud as much as much as possible. I was the first employee, so I created uh, the world payment infrastructure and I started the operation and sales. I had to to handle the fraud and to create the fraud team but as uh, time was going on uh we decided to to let me um, lead the product because i really know it very well because of my uh, past experience
0: okay that's a very interesting job however i imagine it must require a very specific knowledge
1: i wonder how did you get your food prevention skills well yeah it's a funny story because uh uh, I need to to get back in in the time where I was when I was uh, very bad at at school during my high school. At this time, I was um, doing uh, a lot of stuff on on my computers, and uh, I was mainly doing um, bots and video games such as Dofus, which is a French well-known uh, MMORPG very close to to Warcraft or WoW uh, this kind of video games. Where the player needs to, to play a lot to to earn digital goods and uh, and money, and uh, at this time I was um, doing like using softwares to, to, to play to let the the computer play instead of me, and um, that was at this time that I started to learn how to protect my identity and to to segregate accounts and this kind of stuff, which were very helpful for for me in in the following years. I was doing that with uh, a lot of online friends, people I'd never met in fact, but uh, we shared the, the same uh, ideas and the same uh, passion for for trying to to a video game. And at this time these people started to learn more and more things uh, and they uh they started to go on the deep web so they they explained me how to to do that and how in to town on the most private uh, deep web websites dedicated to frauds scams and uh, drugs this kind of stuff uh, so i spent a lot of time on on the deep web uh, while i was uh, 17 18 19 years old and uh, on the deep web specifically i did a lot of things uh, bad things such as uh, buying and selling um, big iPhones uh, fake um, counterfeit euros bills of twenty euros, uh, for example. So in fact, I was like buying a twenty euros bill for like eight or nine euros in Bitcoin. I was sending the the, the full amount uh, in Bitcoin on a specific wallet, and then uh, I would receive a package letter by the post with uh, the bill, uh, the fake bills inside. Um, that's funny because it was coming from uh, the south of uh, Italy, in, in the region of Naples, which is uh, well known for for this kind of businesses. I also did a lot of stuff on on Amazon refunds. Uh I was able to get one piece uh, PlayStation Four to to receive another one for free, and then I was uh, able to to be refunded of the full amount. Uh, so I would get two PlayStation 4 for free. I was also able to get this kind of free stuff for, for iPhones, Mac, uh, MacBook, this kind of uh, of computers and etc. I also did a lot of scams on PayPal uh, with uh, fraudulent wear transfer, a stolen credit card, this kind of, uh, of frauds. I learned uh, a lot at this time by uh, reading everything I, I could read on on all the deep web websites, which were explaining a lot of uh, fraud and scams and how to execute it. I was also able to find partners in crime, uh, such as people who are providing me stolen credit card, fake IDs, uh, fraudulent wire transfer, this kind of, uh, of things
0: okay and uh, how much money did you generate from this uh activity?
1: <laughs> uh, in fact it was very small uh, because uh, i lost a lot by uh, learning so uh, at this time i was investing a lot uh, in myself by trying new stuff new new things new partnership with other people on, on the deep web and sometimes you you learn you, you earn a lot of money and sometimes just lose it because uh, uh, for example, PayPal uh, seized the money or because you didn't receive uh, the, the fraudulent wire transfer while you already paid for, for the transfer in, in Bitcoin, this kind of, of thing. So basically I think I, I made something between 5000 and 10,000 in, in two years. Uh, at this time for me it was very huge, but uh, in reality, uh, compared to, to the salary in, in, in the industry and this kind of stuff, it's very ridiculous. I really enjoyed this time because it, it it learned me how to think as a futur, and I in in the day to day basics I really um take uh my actions and my my um my decisions based on my future analyza- analyze and uh, analysis. It really helps me a lot in my day to day. So basically, I really liked it, and uh, it was not for the money. It was more about uh how to learn things and how to improve my skills uh, on on this specific subject
0: yeah the, the acquired knowledge was more uh, yeah. more than the uh <laughs> the money you got out of it anyway this is definitely not a, a common origin story and um what jobs did you have thanks to it before uh, joining
1: hero uh so after um, a few scams uh, i went in troubles with uh, French uh, justice and I, I was in in the court and I was sentenced to to four four months of uh, probation in France. Yeah, uh, so it really stopped my activities and I decided to to move over something else. At this time, I was um, a student at the forty two engineering school in in Paris to become a developer. But uh, as as I I was really liking uh, what I was doing and. Uh, because I also thought uh, that I was not the best developer, but I was very good in FODS, so that's why I tried to to join a, a payment company, and I successfully um, became the um, uh, FOD intern for Lemonway, which is which was uh, and which is still a, a huge payment for payment solution for co landing and co-funding uh, websites. At this time, the, the CEO hired me because he lost more than 1,000 euros. I want uh, 100,000 euros uh, in a fraud and they wanted to fix the problem and to avoid any new frauds uh, such as this one. Uh, so I started as a Kawasi uh, New York customer analyst. And, uh, my job was to verify IDs all day long. But after a few days I decided to just stay longer at the at the office and try to bring new stuff, bring new ideas to around the table and to present it to my CEO. After a few weeks he decided to let me handle as uh, a riskier merchant of the platform. And there was um, it was very high risk and I we were obviously merchants who were doing uh, subscription models and this kind of stuff. Uh So my job was to let them do the stuff how they wanted to do it, but to watch and monitor them in order to avoid any legal or uh, um, troubles with Visa Mastercard because obviously their activities their activities were a bit shady. Uh, so that that was my job for six months, and after that I joined a, a one-click payment company called Oyster, which uh, didn't. um uh, stay uh, alive for, for long because uh, the company crashed after almost two years at this point my boss told me that he wanted me to quit because he couldn't he was not able to fire me because he didn't have the money even to fire the people uh, so he told me uh, please quit and uh, i will find you a new job so i trust him and uh, i did that it was uh, one of the best decisions in my life because he introduced me to the CEO of Alma, uh, which is um, the, the one of the biggest uh, binopelita solution in Europe. I joined them as the third employee in charge of the fraud and um, fraud prevention and the risk, and I uh, I uh, helped them to to sell the solution to build the operation at the beginning because there was when I joined them there was not even transaction so. I needed to to help them to to just launch the business, which was very good for me because I wanted to to become an entrepreneur and I still want to become an entrepreneur so it, it was very helpful for me to to just start the company with them and then I focused on the on the food uh, to give you a, a a few figures a few kPIs on, on this experience i when I joined the company uh it was uh, alma was evaluated. 2 million euros we are five and uh, when I left the company uh, three years later we accepted more than two hundred million euros euros of buying operator uh, payment and we raised uh, more than 200 million euros and the company was and still evaluated around 500 million euros. so uh, it's a bit it's a big success for me and uh, it really helped me to to get new jobs and new opportunities such as EO. And uh, that's just before I joined EO as the first employee one year ago. Uh, so, well.
0: Yeah, but that's huge. And uh, we can say that you have quite a resume at such a young age.
1: And in your career, which fraud has impressed you the most? Uh, in fact, the, the high-risk merchant of Lemonware were very tricky and very shady, much more than what we well, what we thought uh, while we were accepting the Um In fact, these people were doing two main activities. Uh, they were doing IT support. Basically, they provide an ad on a shady website such as a streaming website or pornography website. And uh, when you are on this ad, uh, you are kind of stuck, you're blocked uh, and they let you think that um, your computer is uh, infected by uh, some virus or something like that. And then they ask you to just call them in order to unblock the the computer. If you do call them, uh, you will end up paying uh, more than five five hundred euros of of uh, services to to just repair your your computer, which is not infected at all. But that's the kind of business we were accepting. Obviously, we didn't know they they were doing that, but they, that's what what they did. And we also have uh, a second type of merchant who are doing uh, abusive subscription uh, websites and ads. So they were also publishing ads on shady websites, such always on 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 pornography on streaming uh, website, and they let you think that you're gonna win uh, an iPhone, for example, for one euro. But if you uh, enter your, your credit card, uh, you will end up paying um, a fake subscription uh, service for whatever they, they will set you and uh, you won't notice that you are subscribed to the services and you will pay uh, 40 euros per month for one year, two years, three years. And uh, the only way you, you can stop is by uh, calling them and trying and tell them to stop charging you. Uh but most of the people they will not ask to get back the money, so basically this merchants uh were doing the the money were earning their money by just uh, uh stealing people and uh, the people were just uh not asking to to get the refund. so that that was the the model It was very impressive because these people were based out of funds and they had several bank accounts. They were creating hundreds of companies all around the EU, all around Europe in order to avoid being tracked but done by the authorities, and they they were very specific on the amount of money they would be able to accept per month per company and per bank accounts in order to stay under the the radar of Visa Mastercard and. They managed to to not being blocked by the the schemes on Visa Mastercard, just by creating hundreds of companies and and uh, and bank accounts in Malta, Cyprus, and this kind of countries, and that was very interesting because they were doing obviously hundreds of millions of euros each year, and there was not anything which was illegal in this activity. Uh, I mean on a penal side, it was not really a fraud or a, a steal or something like that. they were just doing the white right thing with the white right legal notice and the white right explanation at the bottom of the website in order to being not on the penal side they would stay on the civil side so even if someone wanted to sue them because he was it was a Charge uh, for something in the not uh that was not illegal that was not penal. Uh, they 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 would just need to pay some fees or some something to to the person, but only on a civil way. So they would avoid anything which is uh which is related to 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 to, to the police and this kind of stuff. So very impressive uh, for Amsterdam.
0: This is. Quite impressive indeed, and uh, so scary, I have to say.
1: In your opinion, what, what makes a good fraudster? <laughs> well, f- first, uh, um, to know his subject and the industry you are trying to attack is one of the most important things. The, the second thing, which is quite important, is to really know how the justice uh, works in your country and what do you risk uh, by doing this kind of scams and fraud. Most of the time, if you do it right, in the right way, you won't risk anything. Even if you were caught by the police, you won't end up in jail. So that's another important thing to know. And the third thing is to calculate, try to plan everything you are doing. Because if you, as a chess player, if you try to anticipate As a move, your adversary will try to to do to block you. It will really really help you to to create the best scheme and the best fraud. One of the best thing to do when you create a fraud is to build a a decision tree where you end up writing everything you know about the fraud and everything you know about the company you are trying to attack. And at each decision you are making, you will need to write down three things: first, the, the mm, uh, advantage of this move for you and for your opponent; the um, drawbacks, obviously, and uh, try to find a solution to a problem. And just list them: list the drawbacks and the advantage, and you will end up uh, finding the best path in your fold starting from the beginning and each decision of your three uh, will have different answers and you will be able to find and choose the best answers to to end up creating the, the best fraud so this kind of thinking process is i think the most important asset for a foster
0: okay you know what it makes me think of uh, of chess and uh, by the way uh, i don't know if you've heard but according to Elon Musk, some young guy, uh, 19 years old, I believe, he got to beat the world chess champion, but cheating, because he apparently, it's not sure, but he, he had a device in his anus and he was using it with a friend, an accomplice and uh, a computer just to uh, determine the best chess moves he could do to beat this guy. So uh, even though you plan everything in advance, if we have the right tools, you can prevent even the best fraudster. And, uh, and it leads to my next question uh, Are you using tools to mitigate fraud risks in your current company?
1: Yeah, obviously, um, we dedicate a lot of resources uh, internally uh, to build our in house tools. Uh, most of the time, uh, including Alma and Hero, we created everything we need to prevent the fraud. In the majority of the of the situation, we prefer to build ourselves the solution because we are tech companies with very um, dedicated people and uh, dedicated developer. We are very effective and uh, good in what they are doing. So most of the time, we prefer to to just build up our own uh, tools because it will also help us to to really mitigate and reduce the fraud the way we want. In the in the sense that if we were using outside tools, they will not be such precise and um, effective that uh, than what we are building uh, ourselves. And one last thing to to consider uh, in this situation is the value you create for the company. If the buying operator uh, company you are trying to create is using only outside tools. Uh, for 99 percent of the transaction uh you will create much less value than if you are using your own tools um in terms of a value of the company and when you want to raise funds having our own in-house tools is always a, a good sign for investors for example yeah that,
0: that makes sense and uh j- just the way these tools work? Do, do you build like some kind of scenarios, and uh, they, they trigger alerts if someone does a transaction that looks suspicious? Does it work like that?
1: Uh, not really. In fact, when you start a company, uh, you start by monitoring and reviewing each and all the Uh I mean, we have one hundred percent of manual review for all the transaction uh, at the beginning of all of our companies. Because we will really want to learn. If you want to learn, the best way is to just analyze manually everything, and from time to time you just add new features which help you reduce the number of manual review you are doing each day. Uh, so at the beginning you review everything, and after like six months you end up reviewing like uh, this fifty worst transaction you you have. In terms of uh, amounts of uh, risk of the transaction, this kind of stuff. Uh, the other thing we we always have is a huge blacklist. We prefer to uh, forbid people paying with our solution on specific criteria, such as for as an example for a binary operator solution. You will never accept someone with a prepared credit card because the default weight will be around uh, 50 to 70 percent. So it's very, very bad. Uh you will also uh block specific banks, uh issuer, this kind of stuff because you know that the population who is using this companies are really trying to fraud you most of the time. We also build a uh, specific tools in order to be able to analyze the situation with a new I and a new uh, way to to detect and uh, uh, identify transactions which are connected between themselves. I mean, for operator uh, solution, the most important thing is never is to never uh, lend more than like two, three, four, five thousand euros uh, to each person. So if one person is connected uh, to another one by his email, his IP. Is um, a credit card or something like that uh, you want to to be alerted and you want to to know that because you will be able to just track down the faster and all the transaction with this kind of connection between the transaction. So, well, at the beginning a lot of review, manual review, then a few tools to block um, from the beginning uh, a few specific cases, and uh, at the end of the like the first chair, you have also a tool to uh, reconcile and to make links between transactions. Uh, after one year, you have normally enough data to start making uh, specific rules. On the data you analyzed, you will be able to find uh, statistic behaviors where you can uh, ident- identify new patterns of fraud or huge risks. A good example is the level of the credit card used by the person who is paying. If the person is paying with a a classic or an Electron credit card level, it will mean that his revenue is below 2000 euros in France most of the time. And you will have a huge default weight on this credit card if the transaction is. Uh, higher than, for example, 500 euros. So you you, you can just build a specific rules where you are you are saying if the credit card is electron or a classic credit card, and if the transaction is above 500 euros, then uh, you will need to ask for IDs and this kind of verification. So at the beginning of the Second year, you are using this verification manually. So the rules are just uh, highlighting the transaction where you need to make some verification and you need to ask IDs and uh, open banking connection and this kind of stuff. And after like three, four years, the scoring is kind of automatic and the uh, documents and information you need to collect. Uh, are collected automatically when the customer is paying and not uh, a few hours later uh, during the manual review which is very very rare in this situation because after three four years the amount of transaction is so huge you need to have like less than two three four percent of uh, manual review and uh, you prefer to ask everything you need to accept the transaction directly during the time uh, when the the customer is paying
0: that is very complex. Listening to that, you know, I, I understand that star really is a full-time job. I mean, at least for, for the good ones. Do you remember the worst one you've caught so far?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a very funny story because um, so I, I was the fraud manager at Alma, which is a buying operator, uh, as I said earlier. And uh, we had a merchant who... Uh, started to accept payments through Alma, and uh, we started to accept uh, his transaction. And everything was fine. I mean, uh, the average order value was quite good. Uh, the default rate and late rate were good also. Uh, but after a few weeks, uh, the merchant started to make huge transaction way above his average order value. It was the kind of merchant where his average order was around two hundred to three hundred euros, and at one moment during the weekend, he made a three or four transaction of more than five thousand euros, and our system did alert us. But at this time, everything was very manual because it was obviously the beginning of Alma. Uh, so at the beginning of the Monday, we just called him and. Um, and we just asked him to to block the 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 sales and to block the the orders in order to let us just collect a few information and analyze a bit more the transaction uh, before accept or refuse it. But the merchant just told us that uh, the the goods were already shipped and uh, he already uh, delivered the the, the product uh, he sold for this amount. So at this moment we asked him to provide us documentation about the goods he he was selling, and he explained us that he was selling Zwarowski statue of Mickey and other Disney characters, and so it was a bit surprising, but it was okay. We asked him for the invoices of the product and everything related to his provider of these goods. Uh, in order to check that he was really having this stuff and really selling this stuff he provided us uh, fake invoices and we managed to call uh, the Swarovski team who were doing this this business spe- specifically and they told us that this precise Mickey statute in in Zwarovski was uh, sold uh, over I mean there was no product available anymore on on the market and they confirmed us that this reseller was not one of the customers so we managed to, to prove that everything was wrong and fake and the second thing we also managed to do is to identify the client and to make links between his clients his fake clients and himself because we had uh, open banking uh, done on some of his clients, and we saw that his uh, bank account was making um, several uh, wire transfers from his bank account to the bank account of the customer where we were having open banking. So we managed to prove everything. The first, the, the product was not available. It was not selling this stuff. It didn't have uh, the, the Mickey statute. And we w- we also proved that uh, uh, he, he was connected to his clients uh, and they were friends. So at this moment we decided to call him and to ask to get back uh, to to send back the money to to us because uh, he already received uh, the money from Alma because we were paying upfront the the merchant for the full amount while uh, uh, we were waiting for for the installment to be charged to the customer. And uh I needed to really, really um i mean make him think that he will have troubles uh if he didn't pay us back because we knew that if we if he didn't pay us back, we would have uh, a lot of troubles to to just ask the police or the justice to 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 get us back the money in France. It's very complicated to just ask the police well. There is a fraud where the victim we want the money back. Uh, it doesn't work very well uh, at all, in fact. Uh, so that's why we decided to put a lot of pressure off, uh, on, on him. And the, the fun fact is that um, during this call, we managed to, to make him cry while he was like 40 years old, and he ended up explaining that it was the new husband of his ex-wife who were doing the fraud with him. And he was not really involved on in this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, we managed to to get back uh, the full amount he, he oweded, which was more than uh, fifteen thousand euros. Oh wow, poor guy! You know, I, I feel almost bad for him. Yeah, me too. But that's the business,
0: almost. By by the way, you should have prepared more, and um, I, I'm wondering what kind of training uh, would you recommend to someone who wants to to get into your field, the the fraud prevention uh, industry.
1: Uh, obviously, I would definitely recommend to start by uh, doing some fraud um, themselves, um, because I really, really think that's the best way to to get the thinking process. Uh, of the foster, and then to be able to to block then and prevent prevent the the best fraud, but obviously that's not uh, the best way to to do it, uh, especially because it's illegal. Uh, but if you want really to to just uh, start in this industry, you will have two options. First option, try to get lessons from fraud experts. I mean, they definitely can teach you how how does it work. Uh, you can also have specific lessons on specific schools in france we have uh be safe um, which is uh the first business school dedicated to foster and, and uh and prevention of of the fraud, and uh that's a very good start and uh i really uh, think uh this kind of school will develop in in the in the future because currently there is a a huge lack in uh in uh in providing this kind of knowledge to to students so, uh, the second uh, way to 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 just learn and try to 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 work in this industry is to start by working in a payment or uh, um, financing solution. Um, the best way is to start uh, in a startup, a fintech, uh, because that's where the, the the best things are done, the most innovative tools and and uh, processes. And I think that if you are really estler uh, and if you really want to to to, to progress in in this uh, uh, industry you need to just work as much as possible and try to learn as much as possible from the person who have them the long age and uh, if I needed to start everything again I, I will definitely do that and in fact uh, that's almost what I did because I joined uh, uh fintech companies the only difference is that for all the companies i uh, i worked for uh, i was uh, the lead of the food prevention so it would have been better if i, I was uh, not in charge and uh, if i if i had someone to to teach to teach me i think uh, it, it will be quicker for 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 me to do that but anyway that that's the best advice i i, I could uh, uh, suggest yeah these are, are definitely great
0: Maybe not the one when you tell people to learn (laughs) the because even if you're underage, uh, a quick reminder, uh, your parents can be taken accountable for what you do. maybe not such a good idea. Maybe you get some knowledge out of it, I don't know. But uh, it's a gray area at the best. But thank you for sharing. And to finish this interview, uh, I'm curious. Have you ever thought with your skills, with all of your experience, of the the best possible uh, fraud.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh definitely. In fact, uh, when I'm doing, uh I still think about this kind of uh, of of uh, scheme because uh, that's uh as you might know, uh understand um it's my passion. So whenever I can I try to to think of, of this kind of stuff, I want to be very specific because um it doesn't uh, it's not very interesting uh I, I would prefer to explain you the best uh way to 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 not being caught by the police and the justice and there is a, a sweet spot in this particular uh industry in fact uh, the police is focusing on the fraud where the state uh, is a victim or if uh, or the, the fraud where um there is uh, normal people it's normal people who are the victims but the police doesn't really care, and they won't help a company with the victim because which is the victim, because they think that if the if a company lose money because of of fraud, that's because they didn't protect themselves enough, and uh, they will think uh, that a fintech who lost like one hundred thousand euros is the same thing that than a, a nightclub who is not paying a guards. To, to just protect themselves, and uh, that's the same thing. If you steal um, money from a credit card, from a bank or a company, and if you steal like a bottle of vodka in a nightclub, uh, so obviously they won't really help the companies to to um, to just protect themselves, and they won't really investigate or uh, prosecute uh, people who are stealing money from from companies. Uh, in fact, the the number is quite alarming in France because. Uh, I talked about that with uh, police and um, uh, French military officers uh, specializing in financial crimes, and they directly explained me that uh, below 300 euros, 300 thousand euros for the French police and uh, one million euros for the French military police, uh, they won't investigate at all and they won't dedicate any resources uh, to this case because they have too much cases to 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 handle. And they will prefer to uh focus on uh the 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 cases where the money is stolen from the state or from normal people. So that that's one thing to to know. The other most important thing to know is that companies don't share the information, they don't share uh, the data of the frauds and the, the way they lose money because um, first of all, the GDPR is uh, not really good about that, and second thing because they think uh, they are better than their competitors, so they don't want to share data because they they think that it will advantage the competitors. Uh, so if you do a scam or fraud, which is like two, three, five thousand euros, and you do the same fraud uh, to 5, 10, 15 companies, these fifteen companies won't ever be able to know that uh, the same person still at the end of the day more than let's say fifty thousand euros because they will all think that they lost like 5k uh, and there is no direct proof that uh, the first did the same thing to, to other companies uh, so if you execute a scam by uh, an you made, you, you make a Mules uh, to execute a, a scam where uh, there is no link at all between the transaction and the cases, and if each case is below like 5k, there is no investigation at all, and you will be able to 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 get a lot of money um, thanks to that. So first thing, police and the state is not really uh, after this kind of fraud and scams, and they don't they don't really take. Uh, the role in in this uh, kind of situation, they they don't do anything. Basically, the second thing, very important, is that companies don't share data. And the third thing is that there is a lot of frauds that uh, they are not a fraud until they are uh, prepared and executed in groups. I mean, if you don't pay an installment when you are using a solution like Alma or Hero. If you don't pay one or two instalments, that's not a fraud. That's just a person who don't have the money, who doesn't have the money and doesn't pay his bills. But that's not a legal, uh, a penal thing. It's a civil fault. I mean. Uh, so if you do like five cases where, in each cases, you are not doing a will fraud, but you are just not paying what you should pay, the companies won't ever able to share the data and they. Even if they did share the data, the full amount of all the cases is way below uh, the, the the amount needed for the police to investigate. So there is a lot of kind of frauds you can do in the buying operator, in the insurance. For example, if you declare uh, that your uh, apartment was water damaged, uh, for example, and you lost your computer and your iPhone, for example, the insurance w- will pay you back f- like. 3, uh, 3K, for example. But if you declare the same case, the same problems, troubles to 10,000 to 10 different uh, insurance companies, you will be able to to get 10x uh, 3K. Uh, so you will earn 30K. Uh, and in this situation, uh, there is no fraud at all, and the company don't know that uh, you have the same uh, insurance in uh, in 10 insurance companies. Ten different insurance companies. Obviously, it's illegal to do that, but no one is able to, to prove it that you have uh, ten insurance uh, contracts. So this kind of stuff are the best one because there is no investigation, there is no uh, police involved or this kind of stuff, and the company are just harmless. They, they can't do anything uh, about that.
0: That's a very good one. And uh, and I'm sure that you fraudsters or one-any fraudsters uh, are going to love this interview because there is a lot of uh, interesting information for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it, it will be um, uh, a good thing for, for, for us to have uh, more work. Uh, obviously, okay. it's a joke, but <laughs> yeah, I hope there, there won't be uh,
0: any foster listening to this interview. So, yeah. And, and what takeaway? Uh, Insurances, buying no companies, all the financial industry would benefit a lot from sharing information but uh, yeah that's definitely a big thing yeah okay thank you very much for all these insights it was so great having you this is the end of the interview so uh, Paul I wish you all the best in your future projects uh, and I really hope that uh, in the future we will have the opportunity to, to talk again
1: thank you very much for your time uh, but it, it was very um, a, a very good interview for me and I really enjoyed I'm uh, speaking about my passion, so thank you very much. Thank you again, and uh, have a great day. You too. Bye.